You are listening to the Reality Steve Podcast with your host, Reality Steve. He's got all the latest info and behind-the-scenes juice on Joey's season of The Bachelor and interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. Now, here's Reality Steve. What's up, everybody? Welcome to podcast number 377. Your host, Reality Steve. Thank you all for tuning in. Great episode for you today. We've got Tessa Tukes and her fiance, Joey Kirchner, on the podcast. Tessa was on Clayton's season of The Bachelor. She was also on Bachelor in Paradise Canada, where she got engaged to Joey. But Tessa has been in the news because a video that Joey made went viral. USA Today did a story on it. They were on the Tamron Hall show yesterday. If you haven't heard the story, it's something you should hear because it's very important. Deals a lot with racism, being excluded. I'll have Tessa run down everything in case you missed the story. And I'll fill in with some questions here and there for it because it's really a fascinating story. And I'm glad that it's getting national attention. We'll get to all that momentarily. The Daily Roundup was posted A couple hours ago, if you want to check that out, I did play a clip from Clayton Eckerd on the Unplanned podcast. It was a podcast he went on, and I play about a 45-second clip. Maybe it's like a minute long. uh, That is on Clayton's Instagram feed. I suggest you actually go watch it on his Instagram feed as well, because on my podcast, you're only obviously getting just the audio of it, but it's so much more. And you can hear it in the audio. You can hear it in his voice, the pain in his voice, but you can actually visually see it when you watch the actual clip of him talking about what his life has been like for the last nine months dealing with this crazy woman, Laura Owens, who has drug him through the ringer and who still to this day will not admit she was never pregnant, not only with his child, but was never pregnant to begin with. And You just got to listen to it, and if you can, go watch it on his Instagram feed. So we definitely talk about that. I talk a little bit more about Ashley I having a relationship and a friendship with Sydney because I read you what she wrote on her Instagram story the other night where basically just said, like, you know, there's basically there's more to the story here. And then she went in on it a little bit more when she talked about it on her podcast this week, the Almost Famous podcast with Ben. And... You know, this is a situation where it just sucks because the producers of this show and the contract that you signed does not allow you to talk about things that aren't shown on the show because then you'd be basically giving away the secret sauce to the show. And Ashley is saying things on her podcast. It's basically the same things that I'm hearing, that there was stuff being left on the editing room floor. I don't have confirmation of exactly what it was, but there were basically it's more things that Maria did that aren't being shown. And Sydney isn't going all in on Maria and saying I'm being bullied because she disagreed with her about how she reacted in the Medina situation. That's not it. It goes a lot deeper than that. But you also don't want to turn this into a pile on to Maria. I just wish this show would let their contestants speak freely about what the fuck happened to them on the show. Hell, I wish I could reach out to both of them, whether it's Maria first or Sydney first. If I reached out to Maria first, I'll be like, Maria, did you do anything or say anything on this show that wasn't shown in the first three episodes? If she says no, I go to Sydney and I say, Sydney, 
Maria said there's nothing. This is accurate and an accurate edit that she's getting. I'm guessing Sydney would dispute that and say, no, she did this, 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 and this. And then I would go back to Maria and be like, Maria, Sydney is saying this wasn't shown. Did that happen? Did you say this? Did you do this? I wish we could do that to make it so much easier. But the show doesn't want that because they're getting what they want out of this, which is people debating and speculating. But then the thing that's just so frustrating in all this is the Bachelor ABC Instagram page puts up that post every year basically saying these contestants are real people. We will not stand for any abusive um opinions and any trolling accounts or whatever we reserve the right to block you and all that it's like yeah but you're asking for it when you pit these two women against each other which you absolutely love like they claim they hate bullying and they don't want to get involved in that yet they are pitting two women against each other on purpose it's so hypocritical of this franchise i hope you guys see that that it is laughable what they do They pit two women against each other. They edit it so you will take a side. Either you hate Sydney or you hate Maria or maybe you hate both of them, which means that if people hate somebody on this show, despite how many times I tell them, it doesn't matter. They're going to take to social media and say nasty things about these people. But then ABC steps in and pretends like they're the peacekeepers here. Please don't attack our contestants. This is, you know, it's just like, it's such bullshit. It's just this cycle that just goes over and over again. You know what's going to happen in the next Bachelorette season? Whoever the Bachelorette is, the same exact thing is going to happen with those guys. And you know what's going to happen on the next Bachelor season? The same exact thing is going to happen between two women again. They're going to pit them against each other. Everybody's going to get up in arms on the internet over it, and then ABC's going to step in and release a post, the same post that they... They don't even change it anymore. They just release the same post. They have it in their saved folders, and they're like, oh, people are going after Sydney and Maria. Time to release the post again. It's so stupid and so hypocritical because in reality, the show absolutely loves the fact that people are getting worked up over Sydney and Maria. They love it. You know it and I know it. And yet it's going to keep going on and on and on every season. I also talk about the the floor, my favorite game show going on right now on Fox. If you haven't watched it, you have to just go watch it. I think we're close to the end, but I don't know. I feel like, you know, it started with it's nine rows of nine people. So there are 81 people to start. I feel like there's still about 75 left, but I know that's not the case. It just seems like when I look at the board, I'm like, when are we finishing this game in 2025? How long is this thing going to last? So I don't know. Maybe it's not even close to being over. I also speak about the challenge because after watching last night's episode of the challenge, and if you haven't watched it, you might want to mute this part. After watching last night of the challenge, if Norris doesn't win this thing, this will be literally one of the worst seasons they've ever had because nobody left deserves to even be there. At least deserves to win. And I say that because of this. I'm, I'm doing this off the top of my head now, but there's seven people left in the final next week. Norris, Jay, Mariah, Colleen, Berna, Corey, and Emmanuel. Have any of them been in the arena this whole year? Off the top of my head, uh, Jay hasn't for sure. Berna, I don't think was in the arena. Maybe she was once. I can't remember if Corey was. Emmanuel wasn't, I don't believe. I mean, Norris has been in there numerous times. 
That's what I'm saying. I feel like all these people that are in the final haven't had to go through anything. They were just on the right side of the numbers in their alliance. And I understand that social play is a part of the challenge, but man, if any one of those six wins, forget it. Like one to 10, the season's a one. Norris has to win. She has to avenge Horacio and Kylan getting screwed out of this game. And I don't know what happens. I don't read spoilers. I don't want to know what happens in this. But the way Norris has been edited, edited, <laughs> it's a tough word, right? Edited. Yeah, I said edited, edited. The way Norris has been edited makes me think that she wins. I really think that. It just, it makes all the sense in the world. It would really suck if she eliminates James, Olivia, Kylan, and Horacio, but yet doesn't win the final. You know, so you know what he could call her. You can call her the late. You can call her the Dodgers. Just dominating during the regular season, and then gets to the end and can't finish it off. That's what she would be, or the Cowboys. It's, that's what you could call her. But I, if I had to guess, I'd say yeah, no, she wins. But again, that's just a guess. I don't know spoilers. Got a new sponsor for the podcast, Mint Mobile. You know, we break down some tea on this podcast. We share tea. And when I give tea, you guys all like talking about tea with someone else, right? Well, right now, the best deal in wireless is at Mint Mobile. Why don't you tell your friends that? For a limited time, wireless plans from Mint Mobile are 15 bucks a month when you purchase a three-month plan. That's unlimited talk, text, and data for $15 a month. What are you paying right now for your wireless subscription? Over 100 bucks, I guarantee you. 15 bucks a month at Mint Mobile. They are here to rescue you. Say bye-bye to your overpriced wireless plans and draw jaw-dropping monthly bills and unexpected overages. All plans come with unlimited talk and text and high-speed data delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and bring your phone number along with all your existing contacts. Ditch those overpriced wireless with Mint Mobile's limited-time deal. Get premium wireless service for just 15 bucks a month. To get this customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash realitysteve. That's mintmobile.com slash realitysteve. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash realitysteve. Additional taxes and fees and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. All right, let's get going. Podcast number 377. All right, let's bring them in. You saw her on Clayton's season of The Bachelor, and then you saw them on Bachelor in Paradise, Canada. Uh, been in the news lately for a wedding story that has gone viral. It is Tessa Tukes and her fiance, Joey Kirshner. Guys, thanks for coming on. Yeah, thanks. Happy to be yeah, here. Thanks for having us. Um, first off, with you, Tessa, I want to start with Clayton's season. We know you didn't last long on that season, but um, I'm on a roll here with Clayton's women in that you're the fourth girl I think I've had on in the last six weeks uh, from Clayton's season. I had Cassie on, then I had Lindsay, then I had Jill, and now I've got you. So uh, we're continuing to roll here with Clayton's women. Um, I just want to ask you in terms of how you got cast on that show. Where were you in your life at that time? Uh, were you, as I asked the other ones, obviously a lot of you were probably surprised that Clayton was named The Bachelor, but exactly your audition process. How did it go for you? Yeah, totally. So I uh, had been applying since probably my like 
probably early 20s um, to the show. And then I got into a long-term relationship and they reached out. I guess I was in their like old school directory of people to reach out to. And uh, at the time I was still kind of navigating this long-term relationship, but thought that going on would be a great way to sort of like jumpstart the rest of my life and leave a toxic job and relationship. So I was like, sure, let's go through the process. And I pretty much knew from like the get-go that I would be cast on that season. Just felt like it was the vibe. Yeah. And when you found out, I'm assuming it was late in the process that you found out that, hey, uh, this guy that none of you have ever seen other than a headshot of, uh, he's going to be our bachelor. I know a lot of the other women have said, like, you know, we had the ability to pull out because we didn't know anything about this guy. We hadn't even seen him on TV, which is very rare for this show. Usually you've at least seen the previous season, but they went a different route with Clayton. Um, were you, did you give any thought to being like, ah, eh, not for me, or I don't want to pull, I'll just, no, I don't want to do this. Yeah, I mean, uh, from the jump, Clayton definitely wasn't like, I guess, visually my immediate physical type. So I was definitely like, okay, that's something new. But then at the same time, I was just really excited to go through the experience. And I also know that like appearances and everything. Um, but honestly, like he could have been anyone. Like he could have been literally a stranger off the street. And they're like, here's your new bachelor. I would have been like, cool. <laughs> so uh, when you got there, what was your limo entrance? I don't remember off the top of my head. Did you do anything? Yeah. Did you have a gimmick? What was your thing? So mine was pretty simple. I just basically some Tessa backwards asset. So I was like, uh, think of me in an asset and then you won't make the right or the wrong decision. That kind of a thing. Just like a play on words, basically. Gotcha. And then once you're in that, once you're in there, opening night, cocktail party, a bevy of women, who did you connect with friendship wise right away that uh, that first night that you were like, man, if I wasn't with her, I don't know if I would have made it through the first night. Um, funny enough, Steve, sounds like you've had most of them on your show. Oh, really? um, <laughs> yeah, Cassidy, Lindsay, Wyndham, Jill, and Gabby were the people that first night I definitely connected most with. Interesting. Um, I, honestly, I didn't know that. I just, <laughs> just lucked out there, apparently. Um, yeah, I mean, and obviously you were there. I, you got eliminated second rose ceremony, correct? Yeah, second rose ceremony. Okay, so you were there for the whole um, Cassie situation where she gets the group date rose but then he takes it back from her what was your take on the whole thing and what did you what did you hear were you privy to any conversations did you hear about it or when he sent her home at the cocktail party were you like oh this is news to me yeah we had no idea what was going on um honestly that night i think there was like a thunderstorm that night and there was a lot of like sort of downtime where we were just kind of like sitting in on the couch hanging out um and they were gone for what felt like maybe one to two hours and we had no idea what was happening we kind of like could put two and two together just based on some of the rumblings that like there was some stuff going on that she was going to go home that night but I remember just being like I'm tired and hungry and want to go to bed <laughs> and still don't know if I'm going home tonight and then I did go home so really great great note to end on <laughs> Were you happy that you went home or were you thinking I could at least get another one or two rose ceremonies out of this? Um, to be honest, so they didn't show my one-on-one -on -one time with Clayton during our group date, but we had absolutely no chemistry. It felt like I was talking to like one of my dad's like older friends. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I was, I was sad to go. Uh, I think for the most part for, just like, you know, your self-esteem kind of takes a hit, but honestly, like the chemistry wasn't there. So I really can't be upset about it. 
So when you get eliminated from that show, obviously they, they bring up Paradise to a lot of people. Were you approached, at least in the beginning or at any point during the process, of going on the U.S. version of Paradise? Yeah, I actually had a pretty strong indication from a few people, um, like on the production side, that I would be going to Mexico. And that was exciting to me, um, although I don't like hot weather. So at the same time, I was a little bit terrified. <laughs> So what happened? Did they just call you back and say, hey, it's just not going to work out or what? Yeah, I think the season came out and like I know ratings were a big topic um, for a long time, especially in like some of the more recent seasons. So I think they were really looking forward to having some of those like controversial personality types on the beach. And I'm definitely not one of those people. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, no, it's it's understandable. So. At, at what point does Bachelor in Paradise Canada uh, approach you and what made you interested in that? Yeah, so I I guess it would have been late spring 2022. Um, I was figuring out my summer plans and I got a text from the Bachelor US contact who normally texts about like Paradise Next Steps. And she was like, hey, you know, throwing something new into the mix. How would you feel about going on Canada? We think you have a great personality for it. And apparently they've got like really great guys this season. And I was like, honestly, sure. That <laughs> sounds great. Okay. So had you watched the first season? Nope. Okay. Hadn't watched the first season. Yeah. And see, that's the thing with me. Like, I don't even know how to watch it. I know it's a thing, but I never watched <laughs> season one. I didn't watch your season, but just doing a little research on this. So I'm going to bring you in, Joey. Um, Joey, I didn't know until I watched or I looked online. I didn't know you were on the first season. Of... Yeah, no, sure was. <laughs> so, and and they did, and they waited two years in between seasons because it looks like the first season ran in 2021. They just didn't do one in 2022, and then came back with. One oh in no, they no. They, also, am I allowed to swear on this podcast, or is this like a non-swearing area? It's a what? Is this a non-swearing podcast? Or oh no, you can swear all you want. Oh, fucking perfect. <laughs> so, no, there surely as fuck was one, and it was in 2022. What they did do was wait a long-ass goddamn time to release our season after we filmed it. So Tess and I had to hide our fucking relationship for, like, over a year. Can you tell I'm still upset about it? Um, so, no, there was supposed to be season two of Bachelor in Paradise Canada released in the fall on schedule of 2022, but it ended up coming out till like, May of 2023. Oh, okay. So it was it, okay. Gotcha. I thought okay. So there's only been two seasons, but the second season was filmed, and it was supposed to air a year after the first one, but they just held on to it for a while. Okay. Yeah, I think, pretty much. I, I think I remember that now. I think I remember hearing people saying like, "Where is it? We know it filmed because I know Charlene was posting about stuff about being the host, but then it wasn't airing." Okay, got it. Um, so okay, you were on the first season. Did not even know this. Um, just looking at it, you um, I guess ended up with a girl named. Veronique, Veronique, how do you pronounce her name? Vey? You know what? Honestly, I just like she's so unimportant. I'm just gonna sit here and let you mispronounce her name <laughs> Good. and not correct you. <laughs> Good. All right. Um, and then Angela, obviously, I guess was a couple at the end of that season. We know her from Bachelor. Uh, so you get on, so you go on again in, in season two. Did you know when you got there? Well, I know when you know when you go through casting on something like this. I would assume they ask kind of the same questions they ask. The U.S. contestants, hey, who are you interested in, anything like that? Did you ever bring up Tessa's name? Did you know who Tessa was? For when I was going on season two? Yeah. Oh, no, I 
didn't even know what the bachelor show was when i went on the first season so i definitely had not seen any other seasons post me going on the first time they were just like hey we think you should come back this time uh we have some like people we think you'd really like i'm like "Uh uh-huh sure you do cool sounds like another fun vacation yeah there you go (laughs) most people go on it for vacation but um so how did it work for you guys? Uh, Tessa, when you went on there, had you you obviously said you hadn't watched season one, so you didn't know who Joey was. So your first meeting on Bachelor in Canada, Bachelor Paradise Canada season two, when you guys first met, was this a uh, was this a love at first sight thing? Was this a someone you knew right away that I'm going to connect with him or no? <laughs> Absolutely not. Uh, that's a really <laughs> funny question. Um, so I in the hotel room i think the day before my entrance in canada i like skimmed through season one in maybe like 15 minutes like all 10 episodes just like kind of like who's there who is there kind of a thing yeah and i guess i did see joey technically but i didn't recognize him when i stepped onto the beach rock sand thing in canada <laughs> it wasn't really a beach yeah um but it's funny, like, I fully went into that season with my eyes on Connor because Connor Brennan from Katie's season seemed like a good person to go for because he's, like, a fan favorite. I wasn't really looking for a relationship. I was just, like, might be nice to spend time with, like, he's friends with Jill, seems like a nice guy, he's into music. Um, but, yeah, Joey was not on my radar, to say the least. Yeah, and then, conversely, they had been, like, building this up for so long because they kept telling me, like, we have the perfect girl for you, the perfect girl for you. And I'm like, you guys don't have a clue, first off. Mm-hmm. And so I knew, and then they were like, oh, my God, she's coming today because before, like, just stay. You need to stay on the show. Like, do whatever you can to stay on because we have this girl coming for you. And I'm like, whatever. So they had just, like, built this thing. They put Tessa on such a high pedestal. I didn't even, like, they didn't tell me her name or nothing or who she was, but they just put this person on such a high pedestal that, like, just to be, like, I don't know, don't tell me what to do. I immediately was just like, well, I'm just not going to like this person. <laughs> well, so – they, I mean, God, to give them credit, they were actually right. I didn't realize <laughs> they were yeah. wrong. Yeah, no, they in hindsight, wrong. they were. They were not wrong. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you were not original. You were original cast, Joey, but Tessa, you weren't. You were brought in later. Did they? Yeah. Do they do Bachelor in Paradise Canada just like the U.S. version, where they, after a rose ceremony, they bring others in? Is that how it works? Yeah, same kind of idea. I came in like day two, and then Tessa came in. I don't know. I came in episode five, which was a weekend. Okay. So it was it towards the end, like yep. oh wow, and usually yeah, on something like that, especially on the U.S. version, we all know how that works. If you're like late, kind of like Lindsay Wyndham was, it's just like I basically have nobody to choose from. Everybody's coupled up. So when you got in there, Tessa, Joey, you were not solid with anybody, and it was that's no, I yeah. So I kind of had a bit of a night the night before, and like got in a bit of uh, trouble. I was being just, I mean, I mean to put put it nicely, a bit of a man whore. So I um, just had not uh, settled with anybody and just didn't really want to be with anybody. And so, you know, we go to say that we didn't, you know, really hit hit it off real quick when uh, we first met. But Tessa did eventually pick me to go on the first date. And it was after we kind of had, like, pulled our heads out of our asses and like, all right, let's just see who this person is across from me and, like, you know, actually speak to this person that we were going on our first date um, that we really started to know. I mean, I definitely did. I was like, Oh shit. I actually kind of like this person. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so I, I want to get, so, and looking at it, you guys are the only couple in the two seasons of bachelor in paradise. Can you're the only couple that got 
engaged. Am, am I right there? Yep, only couple engaged, only couple together. Yeah, I was gonna say only couple together. Period. Yeah, I was gonna say looking at looking at this, it says no proposal, still together, no uh, for all of them. I, I think the most recent, I believe, was uh, Austin and Chelsea broke up mm-hmm. last uh, September. So only you know five six months ago they broke up. Um, they seem to be the most recent one. So now I want to get the timeline straight on this. This because this is bizarre to me. It's you know you, when when we're dealing with the Bachelor, you're talking about. You know, maybe, a th- uh, you know, the Bachelor films from September to November and the finale airs in March. So whatever the final couple is, they got to hold out for about four months. So you're telling me that you guys filmed this in spring of 2022 and it didn't air its finale until July of last year? You got it. We finished filming. We got engaged July or June two, uh, 24th. Mm-hmm. Yeah, June 24th of 2022. And the finale aired... I don't know, sometime mid-July in 2023. So we had to hide our engagement for over a year. How difficult was that, and how often did you guys see each other? It was the worst. I hate it. It was, yeah, honestly, like, uh, some of the darkest moments, just, like, not being able to be honest about the most important thing in my life. Um, On top of that, moving to Canada to be with Joey and having to, like, not be transparent about my reason for moving there was really difficult. Mm. Um, but it's funny because like just in hearing Joey describe how Paradise Canada works, like it is fundamentally a superior show to the US Paradise because Joey was able to make out with three girls in one night and get engaged to the girl he meets the next day, two weeks later. <laughs> like it doesn't, it doesn't happen in America. I don't know what's going on over there, but it's like it just doesn't work like that. No. So when you in the in that uh let's see you said june of 2022 finale air so about 13 months you had to keep it a secret how did it work differently than the a than the u.s version was the were the producers there when you guys wanted to see each other did it have to be arranged by the show did you guys sneak it but you said you moved you said you moved to toronto right tessa so yeah so the producers knew that it was a big ass. So in the beginning of it, they were like, you know, don't be posting on obviously on social media together and then like try not to be like out in public a whole lot. But then as the months went by and the show still didn't, didn't come out, they're like, honestly, like we you've, you've already done more than we could ask. Like you guys got to live your lives. They're just like, just don't post it on social media. But like, we're not going to tell you guys you can't hang out. Like, yeah, Tessa moved to Toronto to live with me in February. So, yeah, we were out in public. And if people saw us, if they didn't recognize Tessa in Canada, or if they knew me, they'd just be like, oh, who's this? I'm like, oh, this is my girlfriend, Tessa. She just moved here for work. Mm, gotcha. So, okay. So they were a lot more lenient than they would have been if this was the U.S. version, mm-hmm. for sure. Well, that's good. I mean, I, I, you know, that's it's actually really cool because the restrictions that they put on the contestants on the U.S. version, I think people have complained about for a while because you're basically saying we barely know each other. We need more time with each other so clearly you guys and tessa was a late arrival to canada so it's almost like we need more time together so i know uh you know this person and i'm guessing i've asked i've spoken to a lot of couples post show and it turns into like hey the relationship really starts when the camera shut off like once you were done filming bachelor paradise canada canada i'm guessing that's when okay now we can get down into the nitty-gritty of our likes, our dislikes, how, how it is living with you, how it is traveling with you, all the stuff that a couples couples would go through in a normal relationship. Honestly, no. For us, I think that we were just so 
um, no filter and upfront and just felt like we had such a deep understanding of each other hmm. from the get go that not that we didn't, you know, um, experience all of these things <laughs> post show together, but it wasn't a feeling of, Oh, now I'm really getting to know you because we're doing these things. I'm like, no, I already know exactly who you are, but now I get to do these things with you. Interesting. That's probably a first. Cause I don't hear yeah, that from a lot and- of couples. And I think part of it, too, is just like we don't have to get too technical about how the shows are both run. But I think it's probably a known fact that like the Canadian show is a different kind of production than the American show. Like it's very, very hands off. Uh, Joey and I were pretty much given during filming hours complete range of experience. We could talk for the whole time. Like there was very little pulling you for a second. Like, you know, like girls chat, kind of those things. It was really just like getting to know him on a deep level. Gotcha. No, makes total sense. So um, that's a, I mean, that's a great story. I mean, you hear all these times about people meeting on these shows and it's like, man, I, I met them on the show, and I feel like once the show ended, I, I I knew a completely different person. But that doesn't sound like that was the case with you guys at all. So that's really good to hear. Um, so I want to get uh, I want to get to this story uh, that broke a couple weeks ago, which was, I mean, fascinating and disheartening all at the same time. Um, because it's just it's crazy to think of. So for people who don't know the story, I just want you. Tessa to kind of run everybody through what exactly happened when you went wedding dress shopping and and then as it goes on I've got some questions for you that I don't know if I've you know that or when I saw the story and when I saw Joey's uh, Instagram reel I was just like okay I've got questions I want to ask so Tessa why don't you just start us off with what happened that day and how, how when did this take place how long ago and kind of go from there. Totally. Yeah. So I found uh, a beautiful wedding dress while I was spending Christmas in Joey's uh, hometown in Alberta. And he and his mom, or rather his mom and I are looking at wedding gowns and we have very different tastes in gowns. And we found one that somehow, some way, sort of in the middle of our tastes. And I was like, this is perfect. I love this dress. Like, I'm going to go try it on. And I found the dress located near me um, where we were living in Toronto, like a 30-minute drive. So I made an appointment to try it on, get to the bridal store, see the dress. They warned me, you know, might not love it. It looks a bit different in person. I was like, don't worry. (laughs) Tried it on, I think, fourth. I think I tried on three before, and then that was the fourth one. And when I tell you, I felt like... I'm not like a very girly person, but I felt like the girliest, most princess, like just beautiful bride ever. And I knew that I was about to drop a couple thousand dollars that day to like go forward the dress. But it just it was a very easy yes for me. And once I decided that I wanted to get the dress and move forward with talking pricing details, um, the sales associates sort of outlined the options for built-in undergarments so these are like the bra cups that are sewn in to look like skin underneath a sheer um a sheer lace dress and once they got to the color options they said okay so the dress comes in or rather the the lining comes in beige which they're calling nude and ivory to match the gown and in brown And I was like, okay, I want to go for like the totally sheer look. So let's go with the brown cups to match my skin. And they're like, cool. So for the beige and white, it's free. And then for the brown cups, it'll be an extra charge. And that extra charge was, do you mind saying the price on the extra charge? I think you did. So they, 
Yeah, they didn't actually say while I was standing up on the pedestal. It wasn't until I like had my card in my hand to pay for the like the white or the brown eventually mm-hmm. um, up at the cashier. It's based on the difference in price. It sounds like it was between one seventy five to two hundred dollars Canadian. Okay, and they t- they tell you this, and your reaction at that time was as you're, you're literally checking out, right? You're checking out to yeah. purchase this dress. <laughs> They tell you this at the last second. What do you do at that point? So I just didn't know how to like ask any questions in the moment because I was so uncomfortable and I wasn't expecting the cups to be more money or like a decent amount of money. So I told them I would go with the white, the ivory cups and dye them on my own just to kind of save myself the extra pennies. <laughs> Did they comment on that? Did they say anything when you told them that? Um, It was kind of a weird exchange. I talked a bit about like, my experience dyeing other types of garments like dance clothing and stuff sort of like bring the issue to light with them like hey this is a thing that darker women deal with and um they didn't really seem to bite the line very much they just kept saying oh that's crazy cool so the total is (laughs) like okay i guess i guess i'm really gonna be charged for this uh i'd rather just dye it on my own and yeah so that was the plan. I mean, you were. This wasn't going to be anything other than. Well, I guess I just have to bite the bullet and pay an extra money and 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 die them myself. That was basically the plan. Then Joey, you released an Instagram reel because you were very upset by this, as you should have been. And exact. I guess it just went viral. How did it? How did this spread? Or what? Did something happen to make this go viral? Or did you did you think it was going to? Was that the goal in all this? No. So, so I guess just to clarify, so Tessa wasn't, she didn't want to buy or have to pay extra. So she's like, I guess I'll just buy, get the free white yeah. cups and then dye them myself. Cause she didn't want to have to pay the extra 200 or whatever dollars it was for these fucking things. Yeah. And so it wasn't until about a week later after we were at the gym and Tessa was telling my mom about it, which kind of brought it up again, or telling about the wedding dress shopping, not that incident itself. And then she kind of came to me and she was like, by the way, I never told you about what happened when I was shopping. She's like, I kind of just like tried to push it away. But like she told me about it. And as soon as she did, I absolutely lost it. And um, there was about 10 minutes between her telling me and me making that video. So there wasn't a whole lot of thought process that went behind what this was. I just was like, this is absolute horse shit. And somebody needs to be called out for how fucking dumb this is. Yeah. Um. So, no, I mean, I made the video to like tell people how ridiculous this was and i could i was just in shock and awe but i didn't expect it to go viral i don't know we just started a couple of tiktok and like our most viewed video was like i don't know 2000 or something we were pumped on that so i didn't like at all think that it was going to go viral and or do it for the purpose of it to go viral i did it because i don't know for me it was like the only thing to do so who was the first, I don't know, media outlet to come across this and contact you and say, hey, we're looking, uh, we just saw your, we just saw your story. We'd love to talk to you about this. Do you remember who the first outlet was, either of you? I think it was USA Today. Okay. And they were the ones that actually ran the first story, I believe, if I'm mistaken. Right? Yeah, USA Today. And then I think followed by, um, I think maybe Good Morning America, Insider Edition. Okay. No, it was the other one. I forgot. Insight. Yeah, I forgot. Yeah. Okay. There, there's a bunch. I can't remember now. But I mean, I mean, Joey, the the point. I mean, I think a lot of people really appreciated what you did and 
putting out that video just in, you know and standing up for your fiance because I mean your line of like in what world and you're like look make it make sense to me and it really yeah it really doesn't make a lot of sense like you know I've never been engaged so I've never had to go through wedding dress shopping with anybody so I didn't know about any of this you know this is all new to me and now th- that this is out there you know Tessa do you think change is coming or do you think or you don't know I mean it's case by case basis I think this story has definitely brought a lot of attention to the issue and I think any boutique would be foolish to upcharge for brown cups so I think moving forward like if anyone I, I think the bridal industry is very small and it's very close knit and a lot of people know a lot of people. So I think this story kind of spread like wildfire. Um, so I'm hopeful that this doesn't happen again. Like I'm hopeful that we can kind of just move forward with the understanding that like you can't standardize like a nude color for a gown. It has to be either it has to match the gown or you offer nude options that match all skin tones for the same price. It's that simple. Like it's really not rocket science and i'm shocked and appalled that so many people still p- try to poke holes in the argument it's like it's just yeah <laughs> yeah i had, know i had some sent to me when i you know when i uh, retweeted the story and talked about it i had people saying how is this any different than getting any sort of alterations if you know weight is put on and you have to alter the dress or something like that i'm like i don't think that's you're we're comparing apples and oranges here. I don't think that's the same thing. And totally. And and wedding gowns are a hundred percent custom. Like you order the gown that doesn't exist until you order it, and then they make it in a factory. So, for example, my gown was split size. I'm a size I think eight on top, ten on bottom, and they have to con- basically construct an entirely new gown for me. So nothing came standard. Like the whole thing was put together for me with my measurements in mind. Um, so that should be the same policy for the cups and sorry, our dog is having a moment. Um, and I think too, what was the point about the like alterations? Oh, the split size wasn't an extra fee. Like I don't pay money for the split size. I don't pay money for any customization. It's a gown and well, and then like, and nor should anyone, if they are, you know, a plus size, uh, bride, I don't think they should be paying extra for that regardless. No, hundred percent. Yeah. So. So, so obviously you didn't end. So I guess, I guess the next question would be what ended up happening with all this? And, and I guess one, uh, one thing that I had on it, cause I love the fact that you spoke out about this, both of you, and it's gotten national attention. Like you said, USA today, you were on the Tamron hall show yesterday. Um, but what at this point, was there ever any thought into calling out the actual bridal place to, to name them by name? To, to basically make them, I don't know, pay the pay the pay the price for the, what they did and and suffer the consequences for doing this to you, or was it just like, look, I don't need to do that. I don't need to name them. I just need to kind of get this out there so other stores don't do it. Yeah. So we so they reached out after the video had about like 1.5 million views, yeah. and they uh, first, you know, like apologized for my experience and offered me the cuffs for free, which was kind of funny because <laughs> it's like they should be free anyway. Um, and then once the video was like closer to 2 million, they offered me the dress entirely for free and were incredibly apologetic. Like it was definitely bringing the owner a lot of uh, like grief and disturbance in her da- daily thoughts. Like she was really not in a good place. 
And I think we were able to communicate my experience and my feelings to in a way that really like hit her. And I think that lesson is enough. Like she doesn't need to get her business dragged by us. She can just or the internet or the internet. Like she can just, you know, take this as a learning opportunity, make sure it never happens again. And look at that. She's running a business better than she ever has before. Yeah. And I think too, like on top of that, it just like, we're not trying to ruin anyone's well-being because the basis of this issue at its root, if you want to get down to the nitty gritty of like, you know, this is racism or systemic racism. Well, the idea of racism itself is just mindless hate. And to use that mindless hate then against somebody is just the root of the problem you were trying to fight in the first place. So it's just, I mean, hate just begets more hate and that's not how you move forward to like solve these issues. It's bringing light to this, that this is there. And then how do we, you know, solve this in a a way that's beneficial and not negative. Yeah. Yeah. And Tessa, I'm, I got to believe that once this story went viral and people could contact you and reach out to you on social media platforms, how many women, I'm just curious, how many women reached out to you saying they went through this same exact thing? Not necessarily with that store, but was this a common thing? And, and, and women have reached out to you and said, you know, I'm a woman of color as well, and this is exactly what happened to me one time when I went wedding dress shopping. Oh, yeah, hundreds. Yeah, really? Endless. Wow. Yeah, endless. And it's, you know, it's women with especially fair skin. It's women with darker skin. It's women with... Like it's, it's such a curly hair. Yeah. Curly hair. It's such a wide spectrum of women and people who don't feel represented and have to pay a, you know, a higher price to get the accommodations that are like expected in bridal experiences. And not even expected, just accommodations that are for some reason made to benefit the standard they have created of like white European features. Yeah. And thin, thin European features. Like, it's an entire community of women that don't fit inside this like really, really, really narrow look. And it's actually probably most women, if you think about yes, it. Absolutely. Like the average woman is a size 12 to 14 or 16 even. So most women don't fit into this really narrow schema for brides. <laughs> so uh, you didn't end up, obviously, this is not the dress. Even though you've essentially made up with the owner and they have basically done a 180 on their thinking because of this incident, which I think is great because you could have... I mean, you could have basically put her out of business if you if you wanted to by just saying who they were. And I, and I think it's a really noble thing that you did by by not because it's not about that. It was just more about, hey, let's just get it right. You don't need to you know, you know, to kill her business and cancel her business over it. So I think you guys took a great approach there. So but you're not going to wear her dress and understandably so. I, I, I wouldn't even all the apologies in the world. I, I would think you just on principle, just not a dress that you want to be walking down the aisle with that day, correct? Yeah, totally. And so I'm guessing after this went viral, so many vendors reached out to you and are like, wear our dress, we'll do all this for you. Like, have you, I'm assuming you've chosen a dress now, but I'm guessing you were flooded with requests of wear our dress? Oh, yeah. I didn't even know so many bridal designers existed until we made this video. Um, Everyone, like, I think everyone and their mother who has a a dress company or dress boutique has reached out. Um, Right now, I'm just doing my best to, like, just take a second, breathe, and find a dress designer and boutique that really represents, like, what I stand for and my values and also um, just, like, how they stand up for the bridal community and how they've showed up 
uh, after us making this video. So I've yet to find my wedding dress, but I have an appointment coming up end of month to discuss either a custom dress option, which would be really cool, um, or just a dress that's already, you know, for sale and beautiful. I think I'm actually going to a show is it tomorrow, tomorrow night Tomorrow night to mm. see some dresses live. So yeah, it's I haven't found the one, but looks pretty promising. But you, have, but you have plenty of options. Like you don't have to worry yeah. about. And price isn't really going to be an option. I'm guessing they're all offering these for free. Um, yeah, people have been really, really generous. Like they've, yeah, it's, it sounds like, uh, I may have, yeah, <laughs> my have a wedding just taken care of, which is exciting. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's great. It's a great expense not to have to worry about. And you know, you deserve it after after going to throw through this, you know, it's just like, I really think that, I mean, the fact that this story has taken off nationally, I think it's great because like you said, it looks like because the bridal store industry is very small and all of them talk to each other word gets around now that hey let's not even go there with charging 175 200 bucks for a different color cup like come on now let's let's get with the program here people like joey and and after you made the video and after it went viral and you guys have done interviews um i'm sure people have reached out to you as well uh how has it been for you um the response been to what you said from people on social media mostly positive um, yeah so i mean it's i think people you know it's funny because like i i guess i was like the main voice of the video but you know it, this it was what i was saying was definitely you know geared and directed towards tessa's experience so i think the majority of people have been reaching out um to tessa but the ones that have reached out to me or just even you know left a comment directed to me on the tiktok or um, it's a DM or something like that. It's been, I mean, it's been really positive, you know, it's been a lot of people just being like, thank you for saying this. Thank you for speaking up. Thank you for, you know, defending your future bride. Thank you for saying something. And just like, I guess, rallying behind me and my voice, um, which again, I just didn't expect. It was just all from me venting my anger on the internet. But, um, it's been nice to see that, you know, I guess it's a message that does resonate with so many people and that apparently needed to be heard. Yeah. And I'm just thinking about it. Like I said, like when when this came out and I saw the Joey clip and then I saw I read the USA Today article. And that's why I wanted to ask you, Tess. I was just like, I had no idea that this was a thing. And then to hear and then once you, you know, the story went viral, I guess it's not surprising to me that many women reached out to you and said I went through the exact same thing. And it's just like, wow, you know, you just don't think about something like that. Someone in my position or whatever. I just didn't yeah. ever cross my mind, you know, a hundred percent. I mean, so much of it for me, I've also become desensitized to like, it wasn't until I think I was probably 18 years old that I questioned the color of band-aids suddenly. And I was like, wow, band-aids really look crazy on me. I feel like <laughs> they could look more like my skin. And then I realized that band-aids were meant to look like light, fair skin and I just hadn't even thought about it. And then I think Band-Aid released, um, released more tones in yeah. 2020. But until then, like, literally Band-Aids like, stuck out like a sore thumb on me. And I didn't even realize it until I was 18 years old. <laughs> I think I saw that on the show Shark Tank. I thought somebody pitched darker shaded colored Band-Aids. And, yeah. and it got bought. And that's, I, I don't know if it's the same one or if there's now numerous companies that make them. I don't know. 
Yeah, I think I think that it was like around the same time. It may have, maybe they sold the idea to Band Aid, but um, yeah. it's definitely like it's a newer topic that's come up recently. Just like equity across different industries and hair care and skincare and fashion, like it's but it really affects like all verticals of kind of every industry. Yeah, and I'm glad that like people that didn't realize existed now exist, and also you know including myself. Hence my like visceral reaction because it was as if I was finding out for the first time because I was. I was like, what the fuck do you mean? Yeah, this is what happened to you. I was like, absolutely unacceptable. And so I think for people that don't experience this on a day to day basis, will be kind of shock and awe, like knowing that this does happen as often as it does, and like you know, hopefully speak up more and knowing now like, oh, wow, I didn't realize. But yeah, this absolutely should not be happening. And I'm wondering, I, I don't know if you know this. I hope I hope this answer is not what I think it is. But are darker shaded colored Band-Aids more expensive than the standard Band-Aid? I hope they aren't. I certainly hope, I hope they're not. not. I'm going to go to Walgreens tomorrow <laughs> and find out, though. Yeah. I do know the packaging is different. It's a different, like, sub brand of band-aid like there's a different name it may be called like every tone i think yeah i think um, i think that's what i saw when i tried to google it before and was just like wait a second yeah, yeah. i wonder if they're i don't know i mean i don't i guess it all depends on not. what you buy and the <laughs> the pack like i just want you know compare package to package a, a a standard i don't know 12 pack of band-aid should be the same price as a standard 12 pack of darker uh toned band-aids you know it should be but i don't know I well i can tell you i'm gonna go to walgreens tomorrow and find out and if they're not <laughs> i'm gonna lose my shit yeah i mean honestly i mean honestly you can't tell me that it should be any more expensive to change the, the color of a band-aid you know i mean come on this is it's a That's very just, well, you know they have to dye the fabric in the first place i'm sure the fabric doesn't just come the color to match a white person's skin tone yeah you would think yeah, so. Oh, that is the funniest thing, I gotta say, Steve. Everyone's been saying, oh, well, like, the fabric probably just comes in beige to begin with. I'm like, okay, so fabric just plopped on the universe, like, in beige color. Uh, <laughs> like, what does that even mean? Yeah, no, clearly it has to be a certain color. Probably all comes white, like, clear yeah. white, and then they have to dye it beige, I would guess. I mean, I don't know enough about it, but I would think, like you said, it just doesn't plop down as beige <laughs> or nude, you know? It just Yeah. So, I mean, it's it's crazy. But now you guys you guys have your wedding date set, correct? You guys are getting married in the fall? Yeah, you betcha. September 21. And where are you guys getting married? We're getting married in, uh, it's called the Bright House Farm. It's in uh, Prince Edward County in Ontario. Okay, nice. And Tessa, who from Bachelor Nation will be uh, appearing? Or do you, if you don't want to say, you don't have to. I'm just curious. Oh, yeah. So we haven't set out invites yet, oh, but okay. I... I expect my core group of girls to be there. I think uh, Jill and I have been, we, we stayed really close since our sh uh, show. And um, I think she and Jerry FaceTimed a few times. But yep. He actually hasn't met any Bachelor girls in person yet. No, I haven't. Who, no. who um, from U.S. Bachelor shows was on season two of Bachelor in Paradise Canada? Besides Connor. Um, Connor, Chelsea Vaughn. Chelsea, yeah. Austin um, was on Austin Bachelorette season, I think. There, there are quite a few. I think night one eliminates from uh, uh, Rihanna. Rihanna. Oh from yeah, Rihanna. Yeah, okay, I remember her. Rihanna was there. Um, was Ed on the show? Ed. God, which one was and Ed? Oh, Ed. Um, yeah. Okay. He was on maybe Michelle's season or Katie's season, and then um, yeah, big Garrett, big guy, like big neck. Yeah, Garrett. Well, yeah. Courtney and Courtney. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. So there's, yeah. So there's plenty. Um, 
That's great. I mean, like you said, only success story in Bachelor in Paradise Canada history. We don't even know if there's going to be a third season. Um, if there is, I better yeah. be bartending that. And <laughs> Steve, on the record, let's yeah. just put it here in case someone tries to take the title from me. I don't know, but I proposed to Joey. That's true. Oh, you did? Yeah. <laughs> so she's the Bachelor history, the first girl to propose to a man, I guess, on other than Paradise or any yep, season. Any season. De- yeah. So definitely never happened if, in the if U.S. If the other Joey tries to take that title, or I guess he wouldn't <laughs> take it by some girl. Just it's you here to hear first. That's that's yeah. First. And you you can bet your bottom dollar will make a stink if someone tries to take the title from me. So. Oh wow! I did not know that, and I can yeah. t- I can tell you up until this point, yeah, definitely the first because it's definitely never happened either on Bachelor or Bachelorette or Bachelor in Paradise U.S. It definitely hasn't happened. Um, interesting. Did you? Okay, so now I got to ask that, Joey. Did you have any idea? Were you thinking she might? Were you thinking of doing it, and she beat you to it? How 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 did that go going into that final day? Um. Yeah, so, no, I mean, we had, like, you know, fantasy suites the night before. They did do that in Canada, which was a neat thing. I didn't know about that. Um, and they, so that was, like, our first time off camera. So I guess that was the first time we got to be, like, okay, yeah, no, like, like we're serious about this. This is a real relationship or whatever. And, um, I mean, we had, like, jokingly discussed, because it's, it's, like, that thing that overhangs the whole show, right? It's, like, the producers are, like, hey, we got some rings if you want to look at it. Like, what do you, you know what I mean? So it's, like, it's always kind of sitting there, and it's, like, it's not, like, forced upon you, but it's sort of, like, implied, like, that the option is there if you wanted to, and that would sure be a great ending to this show. Um, yeah. But so Tess and I were kind of, like, just joking about it and talking about it or whatever, right? Um but I didn't know that she was like actually going to propose to me. And then I just kind of, I mean, before she proposed to me, you know, I had been like, well, I don't know. Fuck it. You only live once. (laughs) So you weren't, you weren't tipped off when she proposed to you. You were like, wow, did not see this coming. No, I just started crying a bunch. (laughs) There (laughs) There you go. And then Tessa, it was just, were you, was this something where you were like, I don't think he's going to, so I want to, or you were just like, I just want to do it, regardless if he wants to or not, if he's going to propose to me. Yeah, so I honestly, like, I kind of put it all on the table the night before (laughs) in a very real way. I was like, this is how I feel. If you're not on the same page, cool. That's fine with me. Later days, nice knowing you. So I think once we had the conversation, I was like, you know what? I might just be even crazier and ask this man to marry me. Because, you know, why not? Like, you only live once, just like he said. Um, so, yeah, I did. And then he proposed right back. So, now we're even. Yeah. <laughs> well, kind of, you got a ring. I didn't. That's true. He doesn't have a beautiful diamond ring. It's not a, it's not a Neil Lane, though. So. No, not a Neil Lane. Well, I mean, it's a it's a great story. Uh, I'm glad this wedding story went viral as well. Um, anybody that was watching yesterday, they were on the Tamron Hall show. Um, check that out if you haven't. Um you check them out on social media. Uh, Tessa, Joey, thank you so much for coming on uh, and sharing this story because it's an important story. I'm glad it got the national run that it did. Um, and I'm glad that the wedding industry looks to be kind of changing behind the scenes because of it. So you guys have we have we have you guys to thank for it. So, again, thanks so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. Yeah, of course. Thanks for having us, Steve. You got it. Take care. Yeah. You too. Thank you so much to Tessa and Joey for that. 
it's just unbelievable story. You know, you don't think about this. I certainly didn't think about this. And then when it went national and kind of exploded, USA Today covered it. Their reel went viral. All these people reaching out. And then you find out that so many more women had gone through this. And yet when Tessa told the story, that was the first I'd ever even heard of it. You know, maybe maybe women that are more in tune with the bridal world had heard this story numerous times, but nothing was ever done about it. It's the first I'd ever even heard of something like this. And then I'm so glad it went viral for them and so glad that Tessa really does not have to worry about, you know, a wedding dress on her wedding day now. I thought that she had chosen, but she didn't. So good for her, taking her time. She's got plenty of time to do that before uh, her wedding. He said, what, September? They're getting married. So she's got six months. And I'm glad she's able to not even have to worry uh, about that expense. So thanks again to Chessa, to Tessa and Joey for coming on. Thank you for listening. I really appreciate it. Follow me on Apple Podcasts. Also rate and review. You got to hit play now. Don't just rely on it being downloaded into your feed. Downloads are now recorded by people who hit play. So please do that for me. The Daily Roundup was posted a couple hours ago. We talk about Clayton a little bit. And that, he went on a podcast and got very emotional about the situation that he's going through and what he's dealt with for the last eight months. Sports Daily was posted an hour ago as well. So for Tessa and Joey, I'm Reality Steve. Thank you all for tuning in, and I will talk to you tomorrow. See ya!